October 1st, Friday, episode 116 of the Hezzy, brought to you by BasketballGods.net. Preseason starts next week, y'all. I'm just going to jump around a couple subjects here. Got quite a bit of warrior talk because, I mean, you know, that's, that's what's been popping. First, I want to talk about what Giannis said. He made headlines when he brought up the fact that he likes being the hunter. He doesn't want to be the hunted. He says, no, 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 I'm still not the best player in the league, said Braun, KD, Steph, Luka, AD, Kawhi. They're all better than him. That's quite the list there, Giannis, right? I get what he's doing, right? And I think that he can trick himself. He can fool himself into having that mindset of still being the hunter, right? The problem is he can't fool the rest of the league. The league is still going to be hunting him. Again, I get what he's doing, but it's 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 not going to work out that way. Now, as far as his list goes, and obviously this is very subjective. I mean, y'all can list your top five however you want. I would say you could put Braun, KD, and Steph, maybe Luka over him. But AD and Kawhi, nah, 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 nah. I'm not buying that, right? Like AD is and always will be a Pippin. And then Kawhi, I just think, is no longer at his peak, right? He, he has to almost play in spurts. And so, you know, again, you can have your list however you want. So I, th- I think his list was a little bit overdone. A little, he overextended there a little bit. You could, you could list three or four guys better than him, but five? I don't know about that. I watched the interview, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan. He teased the interview, showing some screenshots of it. And it was like, oh, damn, okay, okay. You know, I think everybody was excited to hear that conversation. It's funny too, because, you know, Jordan, I feel like he's so competitive. He would have never sat down with Steph during the dynasty. Mike had to wait for for the run to be over before he could even acknowledge Steph as a ball player. (laughs) Nah, nah, you know, but honestly, getting to see Mike in and who he is now and getting like more insight to him over the last few years because of the last dance. And he, he seems to be a little more accessible in the last couple of years, right? You know who he reminds me of? Denzel in training day. Now, obviously he's not a dirty, corrupt cop, but just in the sense of like how he talks his shit, right? And how he kind of suns everybody super calmly. There's a similarity to, to, between that character and Jordan, I'm telling you, and the way he goes about his shit talking. But, you know, to be honest with you, the interview kind of let me down, right? And if you're a big golf fan, maybe you loved it. But the whole interview was about golf and the Ryder Cup. And I get it that those two probably the last thing they want to do is talk hoops when you're that's your life, right? I get that. But it's not what we wanted to hear. We wanted to hear some hoops talk. I hated to hear this news, man. Zion had surgery on a fractured foot this offseason broken fifth how do you say this metatarsal it's the same break that kd had a couple times pal gasol aaron gordon and from what i understand if it's if the fracture's at the base then they call it the vaunted jones fracture that's what you don't want now they didn't say it was that but they also didn't say it wasn't that but this is the thing man it's the third injury to that right leg now And I was reading into it, and I guess they've brought in the old Suns trainer, Aaron Nelson. And, you know, he's supposed to be the top trainer in the league. He got to start in Phoenix, right? And it was with Steve Nash, Grant Hill, 
Shaq was there like rehabilitating some of these older athletes, but sometimes it's the athlete, right? Like how much credit are you going to give Adrian Peterson's trainer or LeBron's trainer, right? Like it's like, all right, they're, they're not messing it up, but at the same time, sometimes it's just genetics. And then I also can account for the desert firsthand. It preserves your joints out here, this dry, hot desert air. So there's some of that. And look, I don't want to discredit the dude. I think that that's the move to make. He, by all accounts, is one of the top trainers in the league. You go get him. And so I think Zion's in good hands. He's being guided right. But my point is, again, a lot of the time, it's ultimately up to the athlete, their genetics, and what they're willing to do. If Zion doesn't get down into the 250s, and it's hard to say, what is he, 280? Does he walk around? Okay, maybe 260s, right? 250s, 260s. Like he's got to lose a clean 25, 30 pounds if he wants to have a long career, right? Otherwise, I think it's going to turn into what we've all been fearing. Fracture in the foot? Like you got to get your weight down. He's showing up looking like Oliver Miller. I mean, <sighs> spooky season out there for Zion. On a more positive note, Michael Porter Jr. signed a contract. When, when I first saw the, the blurb of it, 210 mil. Shit, a max. It's like, whoa. But then I guess he has to make an all NBA team for it to get pushed. Otherwise, it's like 170, right? Which still, you know, damn near max contract, right? But, you know, what are the chances, I guess, what are the chances of him getting all of that 210 and making an all NBA team? Well, this year, if Jamal Murray's not going to play, He's certainly going to get the touches, right? I think the route for him to make an All-NBA team would be he's got to be crazy efficient. He's got to hover around 50, 40, 90. And you may say for a young guy like that who's so aggressive, that would be tough. You're right, it would be. But I think I think the way he's willing to move off the ball and then you combine the fact with the way Jokic can set him up, it's possible that he could hover around that because, again, you don't see a big guy like that move without the ball. The other thing that he would have to do is average probably 10 plus boards a game. And I do. I like the way, again, for a shooter, that's that's the two unique qualities I see in Michael Porter Jr. Is because he's a pure shooter, right? He rebounds. He's a much more willing rebounder than most pure shooters are. But again, his size helps that. But it's just his aggression as well. And then he moves without the ball. You don't see that with today's shooters as much. My concern for him long term and, and if you just his overall outlook uh, as far as living up to being a max player much like Obi Toppin and there's a couple of other young bigger kids in the league now that they just have a hard time getting down and sitting in a stance it's like a hip it's a hip hinge issue a hip mobility issue and so laterally you see Porter Jr. get cooked so while he and Joker may be a match made in heaven offensively Defensively, not so much, right? And maybe that's why they Aaron Gordon can make up for some of that. And uh, but you know, I think ideally for Porter Jr., like as he gets older, he's better suited playing the five, like being a stretch five, is because he's pretty, he's strong, he's strong enough. He's getting stronger by the year. I was enjoying media day and just kind of cruising by, pulling up on each team, and just even taking a look at the photos. Just you, you know, what do they say? What's the saying? A picture says a thousand words. Just looking at some of the media day photos. Some of the takeaways I had here, right? Let me start with my squad. I think one thing that was very noticeable was Steph and Jordan Poole have clearly got to know each other on a personal level, right? A lot more. And I'm I'm guessing it's through the work. It's through the lab. Game recognized game. You can just tell that Poole has been accepted by the core three 
they're hearing the reports. They trust him. And apparently Kerr, like, you could play 30 minutes a game. Okay, okay. We've all been clamoring, you know, uh, uh, as hardcore fans, like, play pool more, play pool more. I think my one concern, if you were to play 30 minutes, that's extreme. That seems extreme, right? But is his energy and pacing because pool is such a high paced, energetic player. I'm not sure at this age, at this stage in his career, he'll be able to pace himself to play that many minutes efficiently. He's everywhere. He's a ball of energy, right? And so we'll see how that goes. I think clearly he's worked on his body and that will help his strength and conditioning. And then obviously it wouldn't be an all season thing, fingers crossed, if everyone gets right and is healthy. But to start the season, he could have a, a heavy minute load. And I ain't mad at it. Now, I didn't see any of the interviews in Memphis, but I was looking at a, at the photo shoot of Ja and Jaron, the picture they took together. And listen, I know I'm an older head and I may be disconnected, but <laughs> and I want you to go to Memphis's IG and look at the Jaron and Ja picture, because to me, it looked like they just got done running a train. <laughs> I guess the, the talk out of Memphis, though, is... Are they going to give Jaron Jackson Jr. that big bag? What's the deadline for some of these extensions? It's like mid-October, right? But before the knee injury in the bubble, it seemed like a no-brainer. He was a max. But now, I don't think it's so much of a sure thing. And there's speculation they may try to shortchange him. Or I, 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 I shouldn't even say shortchange. They're going to try to get a fair deal, right? He's probably not a max guy. So we'll keep an eye on that. You look at this new look Chicago Bulls, the pictures definitely came off as if they all just met. I know Vooch and DeMar know each other, but it looked like they all just met. They don't know each other at all. My question, I think, is who's going to be the vocal leader of that team? When I look at those four, even five, you want to throw Patrick Williams in there, right? They're going to be out there playing like mimes. Who, who's going to talk? That'll be interesting. And they're going to score a whole lot of points. Not a word will be said. I guess Zach as the longest standing bull, it's on on him probably to be that vocal leader. Kobe White looks like he likes to run his mouth, but we'll see how long he stays there. And then the Houston Rocket young boys. They looked way too good at posing. They look like they have spent way too much time in the mirror practicing this type of stuff. But again, I get it. I get it. That's what the FaceTime generation does. They're very good at posing for the camera. I'm excited to see the Rockets, man. No hate at all. As I was wrapping up last week's podcast, the news broke. The Warriors have brought in Avery Bradley. Listen, Avery Bradley was every bit as good as Marcus Smart when they were both in Boston. The difference being his durability, which is a huge factor, right? Obviously, I think it's easy to say, well, let's put him on a minutes count. We got to limit his minutes to keep him healthy. But the problem is he plays so hard in the minutes that he does. It's almost an inevitable thing. You could play him 12 minutes a game. He still gets chipped up because he just he's one of those guys that doesn't have self-preservation. He just puts his body on the line every time he laces him up. That being said, you got to imagine he he's the favorite for that 15th spot. Preseason is going to be real interesting for the Warriors because there's some actual things that we're going to figure out. You know, for so long during the dynasty, it was just like, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. You just get to see the guys in uniform and that's it. They get off the floor. This preseason means something. And, you know, Avery Bradley, he's the type you got to worry about. 
did you see his, his little media day, his interviews, right? Like not him specifically, right? He seems like a good dude, but that type of dude, ultra aggressive in action, but soft-spoken. I've never heard a dude talk about putting fear in people's eyes so calmly. AB's a killer, man. Like, I, you know, I, I think it's worth the risk. I think it's worth the risk. So we'll see how it plays out in training camp and preseason. I hate to have to go into this conversation, man, but I mean, y'all know this is kind of like the talk of the town now. And really, it's not about basketball. So Andrew Wiggins shows up to media day and by all accounts was visibly irritated and snappy with all the media. He is upset that the team has let this information out. I'm assuming to apply outside pressure, right? That's the move. Like, oh, you don't want to do this? We're going to let the fan base put the pressure on. And so now it looks like he might really go through with this. What's it going to cost him? $16 million? It's funny, too. I was reading comments under his Instagram post. He posted his pictures from Media Day looking real stoic. And uh, I'm like, let me, let me check the temperature here of the fan base. He's getting a lot of support. He's getting a lot of support, which is going to make it even harder for him to give in and go get the vaccination. You know how I feel. I said it last week. I don't like it, but I will respect it if he goes through with it. You've dug your feet in here and now you kind of got to go through with it. Otherwise, it's just going to look real weak. Again, I, obviously for the team, we, we need him. You want him as a fan. But like now you're, you're drawing the line in the sand. You're upset. You're irritated. You don't want to do it. But now you're just going to give in because of the like it's, this is an interesting situation. And so I think the reality of Andrew Wiggins being traded is going up with each day. Someone on my discord had brought back up the Siakam deal. I had talked about that trade. We had talked about a, a possible trade that made sense between those two months ago before this was even an issue. But I wasn't aware that Siakam had full shoulder surgery. I thought he had like a cleanup, like Paul George has had several times. But, you know, he's out for an undetermined amount of time. And then you just consider his playing style coming off shoulder surgery. That, that seems real iffy. I've heard John Wall's name brought up. You already know that's not a culture fit. Like, I, I think Kerr would veto that immediately. I don't see that happening. I do have one trade for you that I haven't heard anybody bring up. Andrew Wiggins for Gordon Hayward, a.k.a. the Black Harrison Barnes. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. You, you say, well, out. You, you just talked about Siakam and injury risk. You want to talk about injury risk. You're bringing in Gordon Hayward? You're right. You're right. But hey, this is not an ideal situation. Like how many, you know, we have to put the context on why we're trading him and, and what value you could get. I think you could make the argument if Gordon Hayward did stay healthy, the Warriors would be better than they would be with Wiggins. I'm not sure. I got, I'd have to think about it more. I know some of you are probably going to say, well, Wiggins is a better defender, but Gordon Hayward's just more dynamic. You could do more things with him. You know how they tried to stick Wiggins with the second unit last year as, the, as that firepower, and then he would just kind of fade away, have those disappear minutes. Like Hayward, he's just more dynamic. I understand he's not the defender. He's bigger. 
he can guard more fours and probably even some fives the way the Warriors are thinking this year. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, uh, it just, just crossed my mind. And then, you know, the Wiggins fits more of Charlotte's timetable, right? It's kind of a youth movement there. And then uh, Kelly Oubre is like, ah, damn, man, I <laughs> I just got away from this dude. Now he's going to take my minutes here? Nah. To close up on the Warriors stuff here, after two days of excused absences from camp, Draymond Green showed up. Obviously, everybody was waiting to hear what he would say about the Wiggins situation. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I had a hard time taking him seriously as he kept saying, getting vacillated. <laughs> I, I can't tell another man to get vacillated. <laughs> this shit almost should have been bleeped out. It, it, it sounded vulgar. It sounded phallic, you know? And uh, so, I don't know. I just, Draymond's point, it didn't match, dude. It wasn't the same thing. He, he used the example of wife going into labor. That's not the same thing, bro. That's something that doesn't affect anybody but you and your family. So how is that the same thing? I don't even want to start arguing about it. Um, but I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back. You know, and you notice Kerr finessed us, right? Because, you know, they asked Kerr, well, where's Draymond? And I think Kerr, what he did was he got everybody into thinking that it might be something serious. You know, Kerr was like, sometimes things are bigger than basketball. And, you know, this like this tone that he took with Draymond's absences, because I know what it did for me. Because I was getting ready to get on his neck. Like, oh, you down in L.A. with Braun and them? Like, you got to be kidding me. But then the way Kerr answered why he wasn't there, I was like, oh, shit, I hope he's all right. Like, I hope his family is good. And so, again, I hope his family is good. That's the most important thing. But I feel like it was almost a, a little finessing by Kerr. So we weren't on Draymond about not being there the first two days. But I get why the Warriors are taking, why the Warriors players are taking this approach. I and mean, really, it's the only approach you can take, Right. But, you know, Andrew's upset with the team letting this out. And so they're just going to try to support him the best they can. I thought Andre dropped a subtle gem in there. He was talking about just because you're rich doesn't make you automatically smart. Andre has a way of dropping gems just subtly. So it, it, you, can't, you can't take it as him directing at somebody, but you also can read between the lines and, and kind of get what he's saying. As far as the talk with the team, uh, Slater, the athletic, talked about how they're going to lean into small ball this year with Draymond playing a lot more center. I'm not sure some people understand that it's going to be easier for Draymond as he ages, in my opinion, as opposed to playing on the perimeter. As you get older as a basketball player, your knees, your back, your, you know, your body, the stuff that beats you up is long closeouts and moving and switching your hips laterally on the perimeter a bunch of times. That's what eats your body up. As far as Draymond like banging in the paint and jousting for positioning, he could do that at an elite level until he's 40 probably. And so I think it actually may preserve Draymond to play the five. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe you could argue then he's going to be in the pick and roll action or, you know, I don't know, but that's how I see it. Now, the other talk is that Juan T is going to play some five and he's gotten stronger and you know, he's talk about being accepted amongst the core and all that. I'm not as optimistic about him in his center minutes because you have to remember, Draymond has fat boy strength. Draymond doesn't get moved, right? He has that low center of gravity and that super strong base. And Juan T's a strong kid. He's a strong athlete, but he ain't that, right? And so 
you know, I, I don't I don't know where you find center minutes for him. I guess he would have to be when another team he can't play against centers is how I see it. Like when another team goes small, fine. You can go small with one T at the five. But if you have him in there, you know, against like Valanchunas or something like that, forget about it. But I'm excited. Yeah, I will have my first preseason breakdown of the year for the Warriors. What is it? it they play Monday, so I'll have it for y'all Tuesday early afternoon. Now on to the Lakers. Did you see? They did their media day Tuesday so they could have the spotlight. Like, we're the Lakers. Like, we don't, we don't, we want, we want our own day. I just want to see Austin Revis crack the rotation so I can say Hillbilly Kobe. Now, um, as far as the new 360 crew goes, did you hear this, right? LeBron has deemed them 360 by their numbers. I think it's going to inevitably turn into 063. And that being the pecking order, Russ, LeBron, AD. And you say, no, this is LeBron's team. What do you mean? I mean, listen, we've seen Russ command the ball from the two greatest scorers of this generation and Kevin Durant and James Harden, right? So what makes you think he's not going to take it from a 37-year-old LeBron James? I can't wait to see the team dynamics unfold for this Lakers team, man. Let me finish this up. My guy here on Twitter was asking me um, to speak on Ben Simmons and Rich Paul in this situation. I guess the new news is Embiid was like, yo, man, we wanted Jimmy Butler, bro. Like, we chose this cat over Jimmy Butler. Like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, We're going to watch, what are the, like the stages of grief? We're going to watch Embiid slowly empty the clip on Ben <laughs> as this unfolds, right? And I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, man, I, I said it before, as far as Rich Paul goes, it, this is going to end badly for him. It seems as though he's willing to sacrifice whoever just to make a statement and try to kind of like flex his overall power. It's like bigger than Ben. It's bigger than Nerland's Noah. It's bigger than any individual player. He's just out like trying to make these power statements. And, you know, what they said, Ben's willing to sit out the whole season and cost him $33 million. Nah, I'm not buying it. Here's what I ultimately think about the situation. I think he's going to get traded to the Kings before the season starts. That's my prediction. Why I think, I don't know. I just think that that's the best package. And I think that as kooky as Moray is, they got to move beyond this. It's just going to be, you've seen the Philadelphia newscasts just ripping into this kid, but it's too much of a topic. They got to move on from this. Anyway, we'll be back next week with actual basketball talk. Tired of this off-season bullshit. Let's talk the game. Let's talk hoops. Y'all enjoy the weekend. This is the Hezzy. Brought to you by basketball.net. I'm out, y'all.